grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My name is Pastor Jasmine Smart, and it has been such a joy to be your bridge interim pastor this summer of 2020. Here at Fort and Third, we are worshiping the Lord our God. And we start worship with opening sentences of scripture. Please join me in the bolded words. Praise our God, all you servants of the Lord, and to all who fear God, small and great. Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and give God the glory. Please pray with me. Holy God, your love is higher than the heavens, and your grace is wider than the sea. Awaken our hearts to the joy of your presence, and open our lips to sing your praises. To the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. we come to a time for the child in all of us.
Today, I wanted to show you my to-do list. So this is just a list that I keep on my desk. And I wonder, I thought I would, if you, any of you, young or old, have to-do lists. Some of the things that might be on your list would be making your bed every morning. I don't do so well on this one, I'll be honest. Brushing my teeth, that one I do. I do not like going to the dentist. So brush your teeth every day, multiple times a day. Floss every day if you can. Getting ready for school or work. Taking a break. I put this on my list to remind us we gotta take a break and have a snack. So I put it on there to, so I can check it off and feel good about that. Doing homework or work at home. Other things you might like doing, riding bikes with your friends going shopping for someone's birthday, doing chores, whether that's taking out the trash or dishes or helping with yard work, or maybe sanitizing doorknobs. That's a new chore that has come about in coronavirus. And then I also put on my to-do list a couple days ago, play video games, and that is important too, to have some fun. So you notice these types of things, there's good things on here and some not so fun things to do. And in the midst of life, we have all these opportunities to have fun, but also things we have to do that are hard. And today, one thing that's going to be hard for me is saying goodbye to the congregation of Fort Street. We so often have people come into our lives and just for sometimes a short while, sometimes for many years, but then circumstances change and transitions happen and they move away. And we can trust that God is with them as they go, with me as I go from here, and with you all as new folks are coming to you. But st it's still hard to say goodbye, so putting goodbye on your to-do list can be a hard thing. But our scripture that we'll hear today reminds us that we can have joy in the midst of all circumstances and that we can persevere with the love of God combining us together. So I just wanted to share my list with you today to let you know that even in the midst of good times and hard times, that God is with us, helping us get all our items done together. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do the fun things and the hard things that are good for us, Thank you for giving us the strength to do that, the people in our lives who teach us and help us. And thank you for the time we've had together and the transitions. We're excited to hear from your word today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture reading today comes from the letter to the Philippians. This is the beginning of the letter. Paul begins saying hello, and then we start in verse 3 through verse 11. So Philippians 1, 3 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day, until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. How I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On September 16, 2001, my grandmother and I traveled to Boston, Massachusetts. This was my first time flying to a city clear across the country, going somewhere that I had only read about in the history books. We went to the site of the Boston Massacre, where it's marked with the red star and the bricks. We went to Paul Revere's house. But we also went to fun places like the aquarium and to restaurants with live lobsters in the windows or clam chowder bowls, some of the best clam chowder in a bread bowl I have ever eaten. We saw an amazing violinist in a street performance that made both my grandmother and me love violin since that time, and it brings us together, so I'm so grateful for the music that we had today. But the trip wasn't without difficulties. As you know, September 2001 was just, when we traveled, it was just a few days after the horrible events of September 11th. 
I didn't fully understand what everything was going on as an 11-year-old, but I did know that it was a longer security process than most of the adults around me were familiar with and that people were anxious. At one point, my grandmother and I were walking around the city seeing the sights, and the sidewalk was uneven, and she tripped and fell on her hands, and they immediately just started gushing blood. Her face went white, I was scared, didn't know how to help her. But we walked to the hotel and she got bandaged up and everything was okay. I think there was also a 3 a.m. fire alarm for some reason too. It was just, there was good times and there were bad times in, in this trip, but the good far outweigh the bad. I think about this memorable trip when I think about the Apostle Paul and wonder if as he traveled from place to place, if he experienced a new city the way I experienced Boston for the first time. We know about the Apostle Paul that he had been persecuting Christians, but then converted. He met Jesus Christ face to face on the road to Damascus and became a missionary. He's one of those cases of how God calls the most unlikely people and he began to go from city to city, and we read about his stories in the book of Acts. The city of Philippi we learn about, he traveled to in Acts chapter 16, where it describes it as a leading city of the district. And I wonder, did Paul walk the streets of Philippi the way my grandma and I walked the streets of Boston? Or did he just go straight to the synagogue and his message was so urgent that he needed to share it with them? We do get a couple stories of what happens in Philippi, one of which is we're told that there, were, uh, there was a prayer place where the women would gather just outside the gates of a river. And so Paul would go there and he, would, he met with these women. He met a woman named Lydia who wasn't even from Philippi. She was from out of town. And yet there in Philippi, she was so convinced of the message of the gospel that she converted and was baptized with her entire household. So the Philippian church that, we, that Paul is writing to, perhaps they have this memory of Lydia and Paul, the beauty of that urgency of her baptism or other stories, the good and the bad times that Paul shared with them over the days or weeks that he was there. But other than that, there's a lot we don't know about Paul's time in Philippi, and yet we have this remarkable letter that shows us this closeness between Paul and that community. This is such a good letter to read in the midst of a pandemic because we, like Paul, are separated from one another from the church community that we love. And so Paul's letters and their closeness and the way that he's able to communicate through this medium, the unity that they have, that is something we can get inspiration from. He also stresses the common work as followers of Jesus Christ that they have together, that the people of Philippi share in his sufferings and he shares in their joys and that they are unified as one. I am grateful that I have found closeness with you, Fort Street, even though we have not worshiped together all that often. 
And like Paul does, I begin with gratitude and thanksgiving for all the different things we've been able to do this summer and be as a church community. I'm grateful for back in May when my first Sunday, Sharon Barconi, was able to preach for us and mark the transitions from Pastor Eric and Ann Lang to her encouragement to us to continue the good work that their interim ministry did for us. It also feels like God's timing that I was here with you just a few weeks when George Floyd died and that I was able to grieve with you and preach in the midst of that time, sharing my own story of having a biracial mother and the way that my journey of anti-racism work has been personal but also public. I've never been able to do that with a church community before in the same way. I'm grateful your session chose to affirm Black Lives Matter with the sign out on our front steps so that church members here at Fort Street and our community know that that is our affirmation. I'm grateful that in the midst of my different sermon series that they were well received, at least most, most of the time. The Book of Job was a series that we did and it felt like we needed that time and space to lament and to hear from Job and his laments. So often in the church, sometimes it feels like we are told to put our sorrows at the door, that here because Jesus has saved us and we are celebrating good news, that means that we have to be happy all the time. But I think the book of Philippians shows us that is not the case. Even in the midst of hardships, Paul in prison, he still has joy but he can also lament in that time. And so we were able to do that together as well as our world is lamenting the pandemic around us, the now 200,000 plus lives in this country who have been lost to coronavirus, and so many other losses that have taken place. The loss of community, the loss of connection that we've had this whole summer. But, it also feels appropriate that we had words of affirmation and comfort. We talked about different psalms that give comfort to us, and uh, I preached one Sunday about Sabbath rest near the end of August. I was able to preach that through the wonders of technology, pre-recorded here for you all, but also live at Kirk in the Hills. And that connection between the two churches, I feel, was strengthened. This is a historic connection that Fort Street is connected to so many churches in our presbytery. And Kirk in the Hills continues to be one that I've appreciated my connection with. A few months, weeks ago, we had a, uh, a banner created, a, a mural uh, created out of funds, partly helped from Kirk in the Hills. Grant. So we're grateful for that continued, just like Paul and the Philippians are able to be co-workers in the gospel and in the sharing of this good news, so our churches can cooperate in that same way. This summer, your pastor nominating committee worked so hard. They were diligent, and I am grateful for their time, energy, imagination, even in the midst of a pandemic, they were able to do this work and to call your new co-pastors, the Reverend Sarah Logeman and Garrett Mostowski. 
I know that their passion for the city of Detroit has already begun and it's only going to grow more and more. And so I encourage you, in the words of Paul, to continue this good work begun in you by Christ Jesus, that you as Fort Street community can continue to be strong in your faith and share the good news of the gospel in word and deed with the community, with your neighbors, and that we can make a difference here in the heart of Detroit. As we've been learning about from Matthew 25 in these past weeks, we especially are encouraged to care for the most vulnerable among us. And I exhort you to continue that as well. I'm sure all of, all of you have some sermon that has been incredibly memorable to you. And to be honest, they're not always my sermons that I find most memorable. But one of the most memorable sermons was one I heard as a teenager. The preacher, Chris Manginelli, talked about Philippians and did a series and one of them was on joy, and joy overflowing. You hear this theme of joy again and again in Philippians, and you'll be studying Philippians in a few weeks with Pastor Sarah and Garrett, so you'll see it come up. It came up here in, in the beginning, in the introduction, this joy and rejoicing. And we gather each Sunday with this foundation of joy and rejoicing, especially through our music. I've been grateful for the beautiful hymns and the special music that we've been able to have in the midst of this time, sometimes recorded from home, sometimes recorded here in the sanctuary. And I know that it is hard for us to not sing together. It is hard for us to be separate in this way. Because so often for me, when I'm in the pews and not feeling the music, when I hear the voices of the Christians around me, that is what gives me strength. And we have not always had that. But I encourage you to stay strong and diligent as we wait for it to be safe for us to go back to normal. And I'm grateful for Dr. Dan's leadership in this time and his flexibility because this is not what any of us would have imagined music would look like in 2020. Even though the physical doors of our church building are often closed in order that we protect ourselves and don't stay in closed spaces as a group too much, our virtual doors have remained open each week. And the beauty of that is that we have been able to have participants from all over the country. You can worship at home in your pajamas if you'd like. Or you can be in Florida or Montana or watch it later in the week. This kind of flexibility with our worship is something I'm grateful for. I also appreciate that although this space, this worship space is so important to us, our worship is to happen all the time. And so that blurring of the lines between home as a worship space, knowing that sacred and secular, those blend together and that we can have a moment around the table where we're just eating together and all of a sudden it can be infused with sacredness and God's presence with us. And so I've been grateful for that aspect of our home worship during this time. Thinking about the time of Paul, how 
In the moment he wrote the letter from prison, a messenger had to travel some dangerous journey by land or sea and go to the community at Philippi that sometimes it would take weeks or even months for a letter such as Philippians to come to that community. And yet he was able to create such closeness with them even across the time and the distance. He was able to do that and we have these words so accessible to us now. And that is what I'm grateful for. I'm also grateful for, as I mentioned, the technology and our technological um, volunteers and staff who've been able to make this happen every week, more or less, with some roadblocks, but, but we were making it through. Just like my memories of my trip to Boston, I know I'm going to remember the summer of 2020 with such fondness. It's going to be very memorable and especially with joy because of kindness and love that you have shown me. It has been my privilege to serve a historic church here in the heart of the city of Detroit. And as a member of the Detroit Presbytery, I'm just grateful to see what God has for you next. That perhaps in this time you have some stableness in your leadership and that you can just build on what you are continu- you're doing now and that you'll continue to do more and more. My encouragement to you all, as a pastor who started in the midst of pandemic, is to welcome Pastor Sarah and Garrett as much as you can, with cards, with emails, with gifts, if that is appropriate, if you know them and know what they might like, just help them feel welcomed. Maybe have small group gatherings outside your home in a safe way. It is hard to connect, even with our technology, even with Zoom and all these different things. And so it'll be so great for them to be able, they've met some of you, but to continue to to deepen that relationship with face-to-face interactions, if possible. Also, be willing to volunteer your gifts and your time to the church in whatever way you can. Don't wait to be asked to volunteer because... Sarah and Garrett may not know to ask you, so just think of something that you can contribute and and offer the advice, offer the suggestion, and make that offer. Maybe you want to join our tech team or be a worship volunteer here in the sanctuary on Sunday. There's just a few of us, and that may be something you feel called to. Maybe you want to help on communion Sundays and help set the table or do something throughout the week and help get them settled. Whatever it is, you may even want to be an elder on session next year. So if that's the case, be prayerfully considering that. Step out in faith and joy and participate in this church community as much as you can. Contribute your gifts because in that way you will be edified and all of us will be edified. Continue to join one another in adult education, deepening your discipleship, and in fellowship hour. You get to be at home with your own coffee and your own snacks. Unfortunately, not the Fort Street food fellowship that we're used to, that I never got to experience, so I'll have to come back for a fellowship hour at some point. But I encourage you to join your deacons in reaching out to one another and praying for one another just as Paul prayed for the Philippian community. Because in praying for one another, we keep one another in our hearts, and that strength of relationship continues. 
continue to be attentive to the structure, to the mission of the church, especially ways that we can dismantle structural racism, eradicate systemic poverty, and participate in congregational vitality in the Matthew 25 vision. Give generously with whatever resources you have to continue the mission of the church. Pray for your leaders, your session and your pastors. And most of all, be kind to one another. We are potentially going through a series of this fall of an election cycle and different decisions about what worship will look like in the fall. And whatever your opinions may be, we are connected through Jesus Christ's love. And so we can connect with one another through civility and kindness, regardless of where we stand. So I exhort you to do that that. I hardly ever do this type of sermon where I just am giving advice, but as the last sermon of my time with you all, it feels like I can say, here's what I see for you to come. Just as Paul saw in the Philippian church what the work of Christ in them could be and encouraged them towards that, I encourage the same for you. Continue the good work that God has been doing in you, and will bring to completion. And once again, I am filled with gratitude and joy for the time that I've had with you. And I encourage you that your love may overflow more and more for the glory and praise of God. Amen. we come now to our time of announcements and prayer for the church community, I encourage you to text 248-825-3433 with any prayer requests you might have, and you'll have the, I'll repeat that number in a few minutes, so you'll have a little bit of time. And know that if we don't get to the prayer today, that it is prayed for over the week. A couple announcements for us today. Please join us for coffee hour after the service. You can hop on to the fortstreet.org meeting, but there is now a new password, it looks like, that I think Zoom just did an update. So that password is going to be open door. And so if you do need to hop on to that meeting thing, feel free to send a text or an email and we'll try and connect you um, as you're trying to connect to the coffee hour. So again, you. You follow the instructions in your bulletin and on the website, but you may have to enter a password, open door. This week, if you have any pastoral care concerns, please direct them to the Reverend Lindsay Anderson. She will be covering this week, and, um, and her contact info is, on, is in your bulletin as well, or in your newsletter. Next week is World Communion Sunday, and it will be a pre-recorded worship service with a guest preacher. And I'd like to let you know that if you'd like to donate to the, the special offerings 
This is one of the, um, I think there's four or six special offerings throughout the year. The last time was on Pentecost. For World Communion Sunday, they have one for peace and global witness. 25% of this stays with our congregation and would go toward peace and peacemaking. 25% goes with our presbytery or synod. And then 50% goes to the denomination where they are doing peacemaking around the world. So as we hear next week, you'll see videos from people all over the globe and be encouraged to give toward that peacemaking initiative. That info is on the website, and if you need more, we'll have it in the newsletter for you. Once again, as we come to a time of prayer, the number you can text is 248-825-3433. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious God, we come to you now with gratitude and joy. We are thankful for the fall season with its changing leaves and beauty, the cooler temperatures. We're grateful for the joy of watching talented football players and other sports as they stay safe, as they model for us perseverance and giving our all. We continue to pray for those who have started school, whether it's in person or distance learning, and for the many challenges and changes that have come for the parents who've had to make sacrifices and offer extra teaching support. We pray for the friendships between kids that's now nurtured in different ways. We also think about the children and families who do not have enough food at home and relied on the school food. So please allow all the resources of our food systems to get to those families who are in need. We pray for those who are in need of healing this week, for those having surgery or procedures, calm their spirits and give them peace, for, them start, for those starting rehab and who need the strength and perseverance to recover, be with them and give them that strength. This week we especially pray for the Sale family. We pray for Sale family friend Stacy Dunlop as she battles cancer. For Chris Kondak after the loss of his mother. And for the abrupt loss of a family friend of the Sale family and the loss of a young 37 year old neighbor. We pray a prayer of blessing to the airlines that they continue helping people move with safety. We pray from Doris Lippo. Her daughter-in-law is having hip replacement surgery tomorrow. Nancy Combs offers a prayer for Pastor Jasmine with gratefulness and love from all of us at Fort Street. Thank you, Nancy. We pray for those who are lonely and forgotten, for those suffering from addictions to drugs or alcohol, we especially pray for those who are hurt and angry over the Breonna Taylor decision. We say her name and affirm that black women and girls' lives matter. We pray for all these concerns and any others close to our hearts, knowing that you have the power to do all things. 
And so we rest in your gift of grace and love. We pray for two friends of Nancy who abruptly lost their husbands in the past week. We know that you call us to stay devoted in prayer for one another. And we pray for Pastor Sarah and Garrett as they make the journey here to Michigan in the coming weeks. We pray for this transition of Fort Street, that you continue to guide and bless this church community. And in the unity of the people of God, we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us in one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Once again, we come to God with gratitude for the time that we've had together. I personally am so grateful to have met you all and to be with you this summer. I'm excited for what comes next for you. For those of you who have been through many pastoral transitions, I know you have the strength to keep this church going and that this is your church community and you love it so deeply. And let that love just overflow time and time again with your new pastors and toward each other. And thank you for the love that you've shown me. I hope to see you on coffee hour. Hopefully it works today with our technology. And now hear this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord's countenance be lifted upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.